0: You're listening to the Friends Talking Nerdy Podcast Network.
1: Nerdy.
0: This is Tim the Nerd coming at you with a Friends Talking Nerdy special report. As reported on on previous episodes of Friends Talking Nerdy, Professor Aubrey was excited this year to go to Burning Man. And if you've seen the news, it's been fun this year. Um, I did have a couple of people reach out and ask about Aubrey's whereabouts and safety. So I wanted to have this special report here to tell you that Professor Aubrey... Is back home and safe.
1: I have returned from my adventurous travels at Burning Man 2023.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, for a second I thought you'd be coming in the door like Clayface from Batman with all the mud that was there.
1: Boy, um, I worked real hard not to get a lot of mud on me, and I did an excellent job. I, I did not fall down in the mud, I didn't lose a shoe in the mud, I didn't... Um, get stuck in the mud in any way. So my clothes and my body were relatively unscathed. My shoes, on the other hand, were completely ruined the moment they touched it.
0: You didn't have any plastic bags?
1: Well, the first two times I went to the bathroom, which is outside of my tent, of course, Mm. so in the pelting rain, on the slippy mud, you had to walk to the bathroom And so the first couple of times I did that, I put a garbage bag on each foot and, you know, I made good time, it didn't stick. It was amazing. Unfortunately, I only had 15 trash bags. (laughs) And so I knew I couldn't do that every, I mean, I used four of them doing that. So um, what I mostly did was stay in the tent. I mostly did not go anywhere during the the mud period. And then, um, except for go to the bathroom. And that was my daily struggle. Like, when am I going to have to go to the bathroom? What am I going to do when I have to go to the bathroom? Because the other problem when it rained, the area in my camp got really fucked up really quickly because it was a staff camp mm. and that's where people were working. And so we had to get out to work. So people were driving on the, that part of the playa and so it got all rutted and it mashed up and churned up and like you couldn't walk through it really you had to walk around it so the united services company which has the contract to clean all the portos at burning man um was not able to service ours for about a week and not a week Two days. Sorry. Felt like a week. Mm -hmm. Two days. And, you know, as the contents itched upward and upward and upward, it was potentially one of the most disgusting, dangerous feeling thing that I have done, I think.
0: Yeah, it definitely looked pretty intense. Um, there were plenty of news reports this year about uh, what happened, what happened there. Um, you know, but let's start off at the beginning of the week. I I don't know if you heard about You probably heard about this, but being that you were part of the staff, um, this happened um, just as Burning Man was starting. As staff, you had to show up earlier for training and stuff, right? Right,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, but um, environmental protesters, did you hear about them?
1: No, I didn't.
0: Yeah, there was uh, some environmental protesters at the start of Burning Man that put up this big um, platform or whatever in the middle of the road, um, the leading to the entrance to Burning Man and prevented thousands of people from going there. And uh, like Nevada sheriffs ultimately, with their trucks, rammed the structures off the road and arrested everybody.
1: I am not surprised at all. You know, Nevada gets so much money through Burning Man not only the direct ticket sales that they get it's like a $70 tax per ticket and they have 70,000 tickets so 70 bucks times 70,000 is a fuck ton of money just directly from ticket sales.
0: I wish math was like that in school, you know. What's pl- <laughs> 70? It's, it's a fuck ton, too. <laughs> you got detention,
1: bitch. <laughs> it's a fuck ton. Um, anyway, so, um, and then they get all of the knock on effects, right? The people traveling to that part of Nevada, which nobody would ever go there other than this big festival. <laughs>
0: I guess the environmentalists were protesting the uber-rich that show up there in private planes.
1: Oh, yeah. So I work for what's called um, Gate, Perimeter, and Exodus. And we are the folks that get people into and out of the city and make sure that people don't sneak into the city when they shouldn't be there or and help people leave when it's time to go. So we were... We cover the airport. Like, we're the airport workers Mm -hmm. that check the tickets of the people who come in on the airport. And um, so Chris Rock, Diplo, Emma Stone. Sorry, Emma. You saw her? No, the one that plays Hermione. Oh. uh, Emma Watson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emma Watson and Taylor Swift were all reported to me as actually arriving at the airport. Were you like, oh, my God, JJ? (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, it was two great days. So a lot of people just come for the weekend, and they might come on Friday, or they might come on Thursday right after work and get there Friday morning or something. And then you're there for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's a nice four-day weekend. Mm -hmm. So lots of people do that. Um, Lots of people come early, like I do, Um, and then people come at the beginning of the event, which is at midnight on Sunday. So we had a great day Monday. The weather was perfect. Tuesday, the weather was perfect. Wednesday, the weather was perfect. Thursday, we were like, "What's going on? This is the best year ever weather wise it was just gorgeous seventy five degrees breeze. It was hot in the sun, but cool in the shade like th- no one has ever experienced a burning man like that.
0: Then karma hit no I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> then karma hit, and they were like, Yeah, bitches and um it was a huge it was part of the hurricane. And a huge storm system that came through and lasted for three days, basically. It rained off and on for three days.
0: Yeah, and it, it, and it was interesting. The news was talking about how this was like a month or two's worth of rain all at once on this place.
1: I think it's six months worth of rain.
0: But it was like less than an inch in total that fell that caused all the mud.
1: Yeah, because that Playa dust, it's not sand. It's dust, and it's alkaline in chemical composition. And so even when it's dust, it sticks to everything. Like, you can't get it off of stuff. You have to wash things with vinegar or witch hazel to get it to come off because that creates – those are acid. Mm -hmm. And so they interact with the alkalinity of the dust. So this dust basically turns into what feels like in your hands and looks like pottery clay and when you drive on it it sticks to your wheels oh
0: like there are probably still some vehicles that will have a forever home there um they had a video on the news too of this truck trying to pull this rv through uh the mud um being somewhat successful at it because because they were still going forward
1: yeah <clears throat> So basically what happened was there is a river. So the whole place, the whole playa, which is giant, is a river, is a lake in the winter called Lake Lahontan. And as it's drying up, there's a river that goes through part of it. Mm The, I think it's called the West Playa River. And people were just leaving the city from all directions and trying to navigate using Google to a place called 12 Mile, which is where the mud road meets a gravel road. And on the way there, lots of people just drove through the river. And so every, because it kind of became a river again with all the runoff. Mm -hmm. And so people who had made it, somehow through all of the playa get to the river which you can see the the pavement and so these cars are just like they were so close to getting out but instead the car is still sitting there and what burning man org said was we will be towing those people last because they said don't leave because you're just going to create more problems you just need to stay in place for you know, 12 hours after it stops raining and everything will be fine. And people panicked and left during the rainstorm.
0: They didn't listen to the hunker down in place uh, order.
1: They did not, no.
0: Jeez. Uh, Welcome to America, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and the people who tried to go, to me, appeared the least experienced and the least knowledgeable about how to successfully survive at Burning Man, but then also how not to just do stupid things that will kill you in the desert.
0: Like Chris Rock hitchhiking six miles <laughs> to get out of there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's smarter. The walkouts were somewhat smarter than the driveouts because what happened is that people were going out this entrance and there's no services, there's no bathroom, there's no anything. It's just a spot on the map. And so the org, there were so many people there that the org started sending shuttles to take people to first to Gerlach, which is the closest town that has, like, a bathroom, mm-hmm. um, or and then eventually to Reno. So we were running shuttles... For people who had walked out to get someplace else from Wednesday. These people who left their cars there, I mean, what are they going to do? They have to somehow get their car out of there like it's trash.
0: Uh, Speaking of that, I did see a couple of news reports as well, because any, anytime on like Google News you search like one topic, it'll start thinking you want to see more and more of that, um, which is why I saw a bunch of articles. But um, apparently they did have uh, some articles about the amount of trash that was
1: left behind. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I think there was a responsible way to do this if you had to leave, which was to get your campmates to agree to take all your shit and your trash back to town with them if you didn't have that kind of arrangement, you're a fucking dick for leaving all your shit and all your trash behind. Like, not okay.
0: Yeah, the article even, you know, mentioned some of the Burning Man principles, uh, you know, based on, uh, you know, if we go back uh, in our archives, you know, you, we had the special episode where you talked about those principles. But, yeah, I mean, they had picture after picture of, like, you know, garbage bags um, and just garbage strewn everywhere. Um, but, you know, it's also the news, like when they had the protest here in Portland, they made it seem like the whole town was on fire. and It's just one city block that had the issue.
1: Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, that big picture they put of all the cars, like the 12 lanes of cars, that's Exodus. That happens every year. That was not special to this year. That is how we get all the people out of the city in a day is that you have 12 lanes of traffic. And then you whittle them down and whittle them down and whittle them down to one lane.
0: And they did have the, they did comment in the news about that too, about how people's tensions were frayed. And I'm like, this is America. People slightly inconvenienced will be just that enraged on the road. And if you had to go through all of the troubles that everybody had to go through and then go 10 miles an hour in a car, when, you know, when you're in a car, you feel you should be going faster, you're going to be
1: irritated. Oh, yeah. I mean, Exodus is trying in the most normal of circumstances. Last year, I was in Exodus for nine hours. That's going three miles in nine hours. Oof. Hurts. This year, three hours. So a mile an hour. Yeah, you were like, get the fuck out of here, people. <laughs> right. Um, A sad thing was when driving back... um, go north through Nevada into California into Oregon and all along the way until we got to the city, the nearest city, which is Lakeview, middle of nowhere, no restaurants. Anyway, we got to Lakeview and oh, crash. Cats. Cats. Yeah, the cats just knocked down some of my camping equipment, which has recently returned.
0: They're so happy, the professors here, that, you know, when uh, it, anybody who's had a cat has had a had a happy cat, all of a sudden get the zoomies and need to run around everywhere. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and, and Anyway,
1: so as we were driving, just tons of garbage bags on the side of the road where people just like thrown them out of their car. I was disgusted by that. You know, it's not everybody that goes is there for the principles. Like, some people go because they've just heard about it and they want to go. But, like, they don't know anything about it. Like, they don't read anything. They really just have no clue.
0: Uh, It's... A rich people experience in a lot of ways. And rich people experiences are different from the experiences that you and I have.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because I heard, too, that, you know, people the, the, you know, Uber rich, you know, had, like, setups to where they had air conditioning in their tents or something like that.
1: Oh, not even the Uber rich. Like, lots of people have air conditioning. Um. I'd never think that I will have air conditioning, and I never think that I would go in an RV. Um, those just seem like comforts you don't need at Burning Man. And part of the experience is dealing with the, you know, getting down to what really matters to you by stripping away all of, sort of all of your responsibilities and all of your creature comforts. So, what if you, what if your life really was about survival? What would that look like? And what would be important to you?
0: Drugs and orgy dens, (laughs) right?
1: Pretty much. (laughs) Like, what do you go do? I go dance, you know, listen to music, ride my bike around all day, just go on an all day, all night bike ride. It's perfectly flat. And after the rain, the surface was perfect for biking. Like, it was totally flat and there were no ruts. Mm -hmm. It was gorgeous. And so the weather was perfect. And anyway, um, so, but I don't look down on people who have air conditioning or RVs or, you know, whatever, because... It's their experience, and it should be exactly what they want it to be. And if they want to have a big, fancy RV, they should have that if they're sh- if they are able to get it.
0: And the look on your face was like, bless their hearts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, there is something called plug-and-play, which is where you don't do any of the prep. You don't do any of the getting your camping shit together. You don't do any of the food You just show up, and there's a whole camp that you've paid thousands of dollars worth of dues into. So you basically pay your way, which is not, which is absolutely counter to the principles. And so it's not allowed. But every year, a few, like they pretend like they're regular theme camps, but then it turns out they show up and they've got, like this one place had at least 15 box trucks wrapped in its logo and stuff. It was called, uh, it was about a frog. I can't remember. And then they had this giant inflated frog that you could go inside. And it was just obviously paid for by some corporation or some really rich person. And then tickets sold to be part of it.
0: Some people are scumbags.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think it's a capitalist thing to try to exploit every potential resource.
0: Yeah, everything has a price. Yep. Well, any last thoughts on Burning Man?
1: i had a good time. I think I'll go again, if given the opportunity.
0: What do you think would be your top memory this year? (sighs) <sighs> By the look on your face, orgy den.
1: <laughs> Didn't make it to the orgy den, nope. actually. <laughs> um, Which is neither den nor dome, but it's called the orgy dome.
0: Hey-yo.
1: Hey-yo. Um, you know, I'd say my favorite memory is actually working in the lanes. So, there's six lanes when you come into the city... And there's a couple people at each lane searching all the cars, checking the tickets, and processing people into the city. And that was my job one day. And I just had such a great time meeting all the people that were coming in and seeing all their different stuff and their different rigs and how they're planning on living and what they were most excited about. Like I had about 30 seconds to talk to each of them. Nice. And it was this really fast pace and really fun. And there were dust storms. And it just felt like it was burning, man. It was one of the last days before it rained. And um, yeah, I'd say that is sort of the most colorful memory. Lots of foreign people, lots of Europeans. Um, It was early enough that they weren't idiots, mostly. That that's all. The can idiots really come in towards the end, and I have lots of stories of idiots who showed up, like um, the guy in an Audi convertible who had forty gallons of water and absolutely nothing else, like no clothes, no food, no nothing. Um, <laughs> he was Russian, but luckily there's a Russian native on the gate crew, and so he was able to. Tell him, like, what an idiot he was being and send him back to Reno.
0: What was the logic behind just bringing water? I mean.
1: And 40 gallons of water is enough for at least four people.
0: Maybe he had one of those prepaid camp setups know.
1: Oh, maybe. And he was in charge of bringing some water.
0: Possibly. I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, totally.
0: Yeah. Anyway, sounds like you had a lot of fun this year. Um, you survived the Ebola outbreak, right?
1: I did. I got no Ebola, even though the twartos were very, very full. That was the worst part.
0: And um, all those, uh, <laughs> you know, Jurassic Park era crustaceans that rose from the crown <laughs> because of this.
1: I didn't see any of that. So the only thing that would have hatched would be these things called fairy shrimp, which are actually microscopic. So so all of that is just total lies.
0: I, just the news made it seem like, like these creatures were, like, rising from the ground, like little things. Like, I would be... They made it seem like I would hate it there because they were, like, rise from the ground, size of mice. And I'd be like, oh, my God, no, no,
1: I gotta out. Go. <laughs> yeah. Um, there have always been, like, weird rumors of strange animals. Um At Burning Man. Although, he, you know, maybe the best memory actually is during Exodus when I saw in the desert a fucking coyote. Oh. It was so cool. It was so strange because it was like 10 in the morning and coyotes are normally out at dawn and twilight. Mm -hmm. So that was odd. And then it was in the desert where there's no prey for it. So it had like obviously my theory was that it saw all the cars and it was like, I need to see what the fuck's going on. They're making lots of noise.
0: Well, if you think about it too, I mean, with the amount of trash that's left behind, think how much food is in there. So maybe they do have a number of animals that show up after everybody leaves and scavenges the area.
1: You know, that is a brilliant point. Mm-hmm. Because coyote that's why coyotes hang out in human environments.
0: Yeah. No, I'm just thinking of, uh, Wiley I, I loved in the w- uh, Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner cartoons that any time you actually heard Wiley Coyote talk, it was Mel Blank, you know, hello, I am Wiley Coyote, <laughs> you know, and just talking, always talking about, you know, this is my plan to get the Roadrunner. I will get him this time.
1: <laughs> it's sort of like Gargamel with the Smurfs.
0: Well, Gargamel had a different voice. Um, Yeah, I forgot who did. Maybe Frank Welker, but Gargamel had more of a scratchy voice.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm not saying their voices were the same, but they're the same character, right? It's this common thing of, like, the evil character who's, like, a bumble. You know, they're not good at it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like the coyote. But anyway... Glad you're back, and glad we can uh, resume regular uh, life here at at, uh, the Friends Talking Nerdy Studios. Uh, You were definitely missed.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's wonderful to be back.
0: Yes. Now, this uh, Monday, we have uh, our episode about our favorite nonfiction books coming up. Excellent. Yes, we already have one in the bag. That was good timing.
1: Yeah, it was great timing, so... Yeah, we're not that behind.
0: Yep, uh, and then after that, folks, we'll have plenty of plenty of uh, interesting stuff to talk about because you know <laughs> that we're getting closer to Mango Mussolini's trial. Looks like it's going to happen in October. One of them.
1: Nice, the Georgia. I believe so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, cuz like the judge threatened him not with jail but with um like if you run your mouth like you normally do, we're going to speed up this trial. No, that was a different one. That was the trial that was set for March of next year. Mm. Um but but yeah, but I love the fact that she was like keep talking <laughs> and this trial day will move uh, move forward faster. And they're even talking about the 14th amendment now. The Wall Street Journal had not been about it.
1: Really? What's the theory?
0: That he shouldn't qualify under the Fourteenth Amendment based on what he did. Gotcha. And you know, I, again, the interesting fact—I mean, like you had um, what was that law group, the Heritage Foundation? Oh yeah. Yeah, they did that. Uh, they, they did that study that determined, yeah, that Trump d- did not does not qualify. And now you have the Wall Street Journal, which is owned by Rupert Murdoch, coming out with, uh, you know, hey, we need to use the Fourteenth Amendment now. I think. <laughs> And, and and also, too, there are, um, like, there was an interview with the Michigan uh, Attorney General where she said she and a number of other states are talking uh, because, you know, they're the ones that will have to, you know, put the wheels in motion to get him disqualified in their states under the 14th Amendment. Right. You know, and, wow, it's going to be an interesting couple of couple of years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the Republicans have more presidential electors based on number of states. So there are more states with fewer people, but they get the same number of electors as a very populated smaller state.
0: Yeah, so we got a fight on our hands, folks. But, you know, that's going to be stuff we'll be talking about, I'm sure, over the next few weeks and months here at Friends Talking Nerdy. So for Professor Aubrey. Yes. Do you want to wish our folks goodbye?
1: (laughs) Oh, um, yes. Goodbye. I'm so happy to be back on the air. and can't wait to talk to you about all the events of the day.
0: Yeah, and what a great throw to you. Sorry about that. (laughs) We're professional here, folks. We swear. Yep. Um, And me, I am Tim the Nerd, the podcast making, public transit taking, kiss dealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun, thanking you for listening. Each Monday, we'll have something in this podcast space to entertain your ear holes. Until we meet again, we bid you adieu.
1: And goodbye.
0: And oh my God, there's one
1: of those creatures. Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling.